0: All right, It's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. And uh, welcome to our Thursday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. Today we're going to uh, have a pretty pretty long reading, but it's just one book, the book of Esther. So I encourage you to read the book of Esther. What a wonderful, uh, inspiring story uh, that it is. Uh, so Esther, again, we, we're going through the Bible in chronological order. So we're, we've been talking about how the people have been uh, returning back to uh, Jerusalem, the temple is being rebuilt, um, but many of the Jews stayed uh, in in Persia, um, in the area you know that was Babylon, and then Persia um, uh, overtook Babylon, and so they were kind of spread out. It's kind of called it's called the diaspora. Um, so there were Jews in different places. Um, this story kind of gives an insight into how they they lived. Um, they, uh, they were living uh, among uh, a foreign group of people, and so they kind of kept their head down. Doesn't mean that they weren't faithful uh, to God, um, but they, they didn't uh, just you know, hold, up, hold up signs and promote that they were Jewish, um, because this is kind of a, a precursor. This story, if you will, shows kind of the, the roots and the basis of, of how anti-Semitism uh, has worked throughout history, uh, sadly. Um, and, and this is a, a powerful story uh, of what happened to the Jewish people in Persia, not the Jewish people in Jerusalem, but these are the ones um, who have who have settled and did not return to Jerusalem but stayed uh, where they were. So you, you start off in, in chapter one and you have the, the king, and he, I'm just going to kind of quickly go through and hit, hit the high points of the story. I encourage you to, to read it. Um, but he has a queen, Queen Vashti, um, and basically he uh, gets really drunk and he calls her to come because he's going to kind of show her off because she's uh, very attractive. If you're the king, you um, only, only take attractive women, uh, apparently. And, uh, and he had many to choose from, uh, but, but she was the queen. And she refused uh, to come, says uh, verse 12. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command. Um, therefore, the king was furious and his anger burned within him. Um, and you continue on verse 17. For the queen's behavior will, be, uh, uh, will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes uh, when they report that King Asherah commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. Um, so basically, they said, if you don't do something about this, um, everyone is going to think uh, or all women are going to think that they don't have to listen to their husbands. So, you know, you know, real, <laughs> real good, solid reasoning there. Um, and uh, that it, it continues on. Uh, uh, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. So if it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him that it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and Medes that it'll, it will not be altered. That Vashti shall no uh, come no more before King uh, Ashurus, and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. Uh, when the king decrees uh, which he shall, which he will make, it proclaimed throughout all his empire. For it is great. All wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. <laughs> okay, so kind of a jerk of a king, a jerk of advisors. Um, They're trying to make a point. So now Queen Bashti is basically stripped of her being a queen and she's not going to be allowed to go back uh, into the king's presence. So uh, in chapter two, um, basically they uh, have a beauty contest and they gather um, women from around the kingdom. And one of those women is named Esther. Um, Her She is Basically adopted by her uncle Mordecai, uh, Mordecai is also works uh, within the kingdom, um, and uh, Mordecai uh, reminds her and tells her, "Do not reveal that you are a Jew." Um, and so Esther actually gets uh, chosen, um, but uh, but it's going to be like a year <laughs> before the king uh, actually uh, calls uh, on her says, uh, she would not go to the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. So this is a very interesting uh, arrangement that the king has. Um, He can choose who he wants to come in and out, Um, but he does does make uh, Esther his new uh, uh, queen. Uh, Verse 15, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Right. And uh, verse 17 the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the other virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Right. So, so now. Uh, Esther is queen, but that doesn't mean you know. Our picture is that there's the two thrones and the king and queen, uh, you know, sit side by side and rule. That is not the situation here. Um, it's only whenever you are called to come to be with the king um, that, um, that 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 ever that you're ever together. Sorry, kind of got tongue tied there. Um, and so, so we have this interesting situation that's kind of setting up what is to come. Then we have Mordecai, who discovers a plot um, that some of the eunuchs um, are uh, plotting against the king to take him out. Uh, Mordecai lets Esther know, Esther lets uh, the the king know, um, and that uh, the king is is saved from that plot. Um, And it says, verse uh, 23, and when the inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed and both were hanged on the gallows. And it was written in the book of Chronicles in the presence of the king. Right? So they kind of say, you know, write down what happened. That's important to know for later in the story. Um, then you have uh, a new character that enters the scene. You have a guy named Haman. Um, and the king um, put Haman uh, way up in charge of uh, of most of the kingdom. Uh, of course, he was under the king, but he had lots of responsibilities. Um, and most people were paid homage to Haman because they knew how close he was to the king. Um, all except Mordecai, and we don't really know what's uh, going on here. We don't know why Mordecai, um, you know, did not pay homage uh, to Haman. Uh, Mordecai respected the king. Um, there probably was there was something between these two, and Mordecai was like, "I'm I'm not going to bow and pay homage to you. You're not the king." Well. Uh, Haman didn't like that at all, um, and that Mordecai would not uh, uh, bow before him. So it uh, says, now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them, uh, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. Uh, so they tell Haman that Mordecai is not paying attention. It says, for Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. So that was probably, you know, he, he must have given that as the reason that he would not pay homage to Haman. Uh, It says, when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay homage, he was filled with wrath, Um, but his disdain to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Um, Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom, um, all of the people of Mordecai. this is Interesting. It's like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just be mad at Mordecai? I mean, you could at least see the rationality uh, of being bat- mad at Mordecai because he's not giving you the, uh, you, know, you know, the praise that you deserve. To then shift that to, well, I've got to, I want to take out all of the people, all of the Jewish people. Um, you know, and this is kind of one of the roots of anti-Semitism. You know, you there are good and, and bad people uh, in all walks of life and all races and all socioeconomic uh, classes and we should look at people as on as individuals and and hold them accountable as individuals not ascribe to the whole people group that they are a part of uh, the good or the bad that they themselves do um, it's a pretty simple, Philosophy and understanding, and it's obviously biblical, right? We view people as all are created in the image of God. He creates all individuals, um, and but yet this is what we see not only in anti-Semitism but within racism, no matter what direction that racism flows from. Um, we this is one of the definitely the fallen aspects of our nature that uh, that we can't judge people according to their actions and not then ascribe those actions to the people group that they are a part of. Um, and, but Haman, he wants to to do that. So he goes to the king and he says, Hey, uh, you know, there's this group of people that, you know, they don't follow, they follow their own laws. They don't follow you. Um, why don't you let us destroy them and pay people to destroy them? And the king was like, Oh sure. Cause you know, this King's not too bright either. Um, and, uh, so now you have, uh, a day that, uh, all of the, the Jewish people in, in Persia are, you know, have the chance to be annihilated and wiped out. So in chapter four, Mordecai is, is mourning and he tears his clothes and, uh, Esther hears about this and, and sends her servant says, why are you doing this? Here's some new clothes. And Mordecai tells her, um, what's going on. And then Mordecai uh, uh, says, you need to go and bring this up to the king and see if he will do something about it. Um, And Esther responds back, says, all the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go see the king in thirty days. So uh, and so Esther's telling Mordecai that. So she knows this is this is kind of a dangerous thing. She you know she hadn't been to see the king in a while. He hasn't called on her uh, for her just to show up puts her at risk of death. And we've seen this king. What if he's drunk? What if he is you know uh, in a bad mood? You you never know. So Esther is rightfully nervous about this, but Mordecai responds with this, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther. This is verse 13 of chapter 4. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom, for such a time as this. This is a just a powerful response, uh, such a, a wise response. Mordecai recognizes, okay, Esther, I know this is hard, and you may feel safe now and because she wouldn't be affected by this law. This law was not going to affect her. They did not know she was Jewish. The people would... The, Haman and you know the people that wanted to go out and wipe out the Jews would not go to the to the queen and wipe her out. Right? she was going to be safe, but eventually it would be found out. Eventually, um, it, it, she would pay the price for not standing up when she had the chance. Um, and this, you know, th- this is important lesson for our, our days today. You know, Many times we don't stand up for things because they're not happening to us, but maybe they're happening to other people, and we know that, that they, are, they are not right. Are we willing to stand up for those um, who are experiencing uh, evil uh, and injustice, uh, even if by doing that it puts us in an uncomfortable position, in an uncomfortable place? Something for all of us to think about. Um, so Esther then replied, uh, asked them to fast and said, my maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, uh, you know, the bravery of, of her, you know, she, uh, she expressed her concern. Uh, Mordecai gave his wise words. She recognized them to be true. And then she heeded them to the point that she risked her own safety and her own life. So then in chapter five, she goes, uh, the king does hold out the golden scepter um, and she asks him to come uh, to a banquet and to bring Haman. And so they they come and they have a wonderful banquet. The king says, uh, let me give you a a gift. And she says, well, I tell you what, why don't you just come back again, you and Haman? Um, But we we don't know exactly what transpired here, Um, but uh, the king that night, Has a uh, is uncomfortable and can't sleep, and so he starts reading the history books, and he comes across this guy named Mordecai, and how he thwarted uh, this um, uh, assassination attempt years before. And he says, "What did we do for this guy?" And the answer was nothing. So Haman comes in, and Haman is really excited. Um, In fact, he had a busy night as well. He told his uh, wife and everybody, "Hey." You know what? I'm going to uh, have Mordecai hung. So he creates, builds gallows to have Mordecai uh, hanged. Um, and then he comes into the king, and the, the king says, Hey, how would you show your appreciation to someone who is worthy of it? And the Haman, of course, being the arrogant uh, guy that he is, thinks he's talking about himself. And he says, Oh, I would just do all this stuff, give him a horse, parade him through town. Uh, all kinds of things, and the king says, "Okay, good. Why don't you do that for Mordecai?" <laughs> now, can you imagine uh, Haman how how angry this would have uh, have made him? Uh, so he had to do this, um, and then he and the king go back again to a banquet uh, with Esther and Esther reveals the evil plot that Haman has come up with, Um, says in verse 4 of chapter 7, for we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. She's very smart. She says, had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss, right? So she's like, you know, it could have been less, and I wouldn't have brought this before you. But we're talking about full annihilation, right? And and so the king hears this, uh, he is extremely uh, angry, and he says, "Who is he? Where is he? Who would dare presume to do such a thing?" And Esther says, "It's Haman," right? And so then everything gets put together. Oh, this woman, she is Jewish. The Jewish people have been scheduled for annihilation. Uh, The king uh, runs out uh, because he's so angry. Um, Haman begs uh, Esther, kind of falls, you kind of get the feeling, falls across her lap as he's begging. The king comes back in and then uh, he says, uh, will he also assault the queen while I am in the house? And so he had Haman hanged on the very gallows that had been built for Mordecai. Uh, Kind of poetic justice there. Um, And then uh, you know the the law couldn't be just um, ignored because it had already been made. So the king made a new law um, that the the Jews could defend themselves um, and could unite um, against anyone who tried to attack. And so they did, and the Jews uh, overpowered um, anyone. And I'm sure there was a lot fewer people who tried to annihilate the Jews after this, but the ones who uh, still did, uh, were destroyed. Um, all of, uh, Haman's children were, uh, hung as well because they, um, continued to participate in this. Um, and then that is, uh, you see in chapter nine, uh, verse 18 talks about the feast of Purim. And that is still, um, practiced today as a re- remembrance of this time from the word Pur, which means lots. Um, it says, uh, that how they had cast, uh, uh, lots to consume and destroy uh, the people, um, but but Esther uh, changed the, the the law and convinced the king to change the law, and so the people were uh, restored. And then Mordecai continued to advance and was very prominent in the kingdom. That's a a, a powerful story, uh, one that we can learn from both Mordecai and Esther. Um, Mordecai's wise words of being willing to stand and that, you know, maybe whenever you feel uncomfortable, um, but feel like you need to stand, maybe God has put you in that place for such a time as this. And then you have to be like Esther and you have to put your trust in God and kind of have that attitude of, I'm going to do what's right, no matter what. And if I perish, I perish. All right. Well, uh, for next Tuesday... Let's read uh, Ezra, chapter 6, and then Malachi, uh, chapters 1 through 4. Uh, Esther chap- uh, Ezra, chapter 6. I tell you what, Ezra, yeah, Ezra 6, and then Malachi 1 through 4. All right, we'll see you on Tuesday.